Well, it's an exciting day, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the Film Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Santilli. It's Oscar nomination time. Uh, the Oscar noms came out this morning. They were announced live. And uh, we're going to be talking all about the Oscars on this podcast episode. Uh, nobody with me today, just myself. So you're going to have to listen to me babble as I kind of go through all of uh, the nominations that, you know, everything that came out of today's uh, announcement. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, uh, the breakout star of Girls Trip, and, and as well as Andy Serkis, uh, you know, for uh, War of the Planet of the Apes and, and several other films. Uh, they were on hand this morning to announce uh, that all of the nominees live. And uh, like every other year, there was a mix of uh, surprises there were definitely some snubs. Uh, there were, you know, all of the kind of locks that we thought were going to get nominated based on, you know, the rest of the awards season leading up to now. Uh, those movies came through and did get nominated. But there were a handful of films that uh, underperformed, you could say. You know, films that uh, came out of the box strong but ended up not doing very well at the Oscars. And, as always, there was a handful of films that kind of overachieved uh, and surprised some people as far as uh, what they were able to do here today. We're going to talk about it all. Uh, we're going to go through everything. Uh, I'm going to hit you up with some uh, interesting tidbits and facts on uh, this batch of nominees. There was some Oscar history that was made, uh, for sure, in, in several different areas. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, I'm going to kind of go through, the again, the major categories. Uh, I'm not going to hit on every single like technical category go through every single nomination you know, across the board. For that, I encourage you to check out uh, online. Go, I posted my the full list of nominations. Uh, is posted on access.com. That's access.com. Of course, that's uh, where I'm a, a film critic is for access. And uh, you can go there and find it. You can also follow me at Tom Santilli on Twitter. Uh, you can also go to my website, TomSantilli.com and uh, check out the full list of nominations. So if you're looking for that, I'll link that too in the podcast notes here uh, where you can find the full list of noms. Uh, but yeah, let's just hit on some of the big big news. I want to start off by saying that uh, what a year for diversity again. You know, there's always room to improve. We've never, quote-unquote, made it uh, in that category. But, you know, we're just two years removed from the, the whole, you know, whiteout uh, controversy at the Oscars where, you know, people were shouting at the lack of diversity and, and rightly so in, in a lot of the nominations this year, we had a lot of, uh, there's a lot of diversity, uh, being represented, uh, a lot of females, uh, being represented in categories that they haven't, uh, gotten a lot of notice for in the past. And so that's all, it's all great stuff. I think that a lot of people are going to be happy with this list overall, uh, from that point of view, the, Sexual harassment uh, wave uh, that has kind of swept Hollywood also, though, uh, the, the hashtag Time's Up movement, uh, the hashtag Me Too, uh, that definitely played into uh, the Oscar nominations and what happened. Uh, probably led to the biggest snub uh, this year, and I'll get to that as well. But, uh, yeah, so stay stay with me here as we get through. Like I said, I'm just going to kind of work my way through the categories and give you some of the you know, the hot tips and uh, a little bit of predictions. We're not going to go full-fledged into predictions. As we get closer to the Oscars, which, by the way, are on March 4th, 
uh, on ABC, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel once again this year. Uh, once we get closer to the actual show, I will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking a lot of predictions and stuff like that as we get further. But right now, it's going to be mainly just reaction and kind of talking about who, who was included, who was excluded from this group, and, and what it all means. So let's start just at the top. I mean, let's start at the top with uh, the film that gained the most nominations this year of all films was The Shape of Water. 13 nominations in all. That's a that's a fairly decent uh, number. 13 noms is nothing uh, too shabby. And uh, great showing by Shape of Water. It, it, of course, has been one of the frontrunners uh, throughout award season. It's kind of been neck and neck with three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, Shape of Water won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Picture. Uh, but it also uh, three billboards took just recently took the ensemble award, which is the big award at the SAG Awards, it's the Screen Actors Guild, and also the uh, Golden Globe. So three billboard had a, a great showing as well. Don't get me wrong, uh, they had a lot of nominations as well here today. But The Shape of Water uh, took the cake with thirteen. A lot of them in the technical categories, but they also scored Best Picture, uh, Best Director, uh, Best Actress and uh, Best Supporting Actor for Richard Jenkins. And uh, somewhat of a surprise, Octavia Spencer was included for uh, Supporting Actress for, for Shape of Water as well. So that was kind of the, the, the lead. In general, too, and we'll, as I go through the categories, we'll talk more in, in detail, but you know, two films that I thought kind of had a better-than-expected showing, uh, pleasantly surprised, was both Phantom Thread and uh, the Netflix uh, film Mudbound. Both of those movies made my top ten list. I think they're great movies. I was I was really surprised. Mudbound has kind of been on the fringes of the award season, uh, but uh, Mary J. Blige landed a Best Supporting Actress nod. Uh, Phantom Thread, uh, I think, ended up with a total of six nominations uh, overall, which was better than expected. And uh, you know that was a movie that re- it arrived really late. In award season, a lot of critics didn't see the Phantom Thread, uh, you know, until late in the game. Uh, so that was really interesting. It also led to one of the, uh, the surprising picks for best director, as Paul Thomas Anderson was included in in the grouping of best director for. Uh, he's of course the director of Phantom Thread. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Dee Reese sneak in for Mudbound, uh, but she did not. Uh, but those two films again did really well. On the opposite side of the spectrum, two films that really kind of underperformed were both The Post and Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name, uh, you know, critical darling, I didn't love the film, uh, but it's been winning, you know, and getting a lot of praise as award season has rolled through. That film did get four Oscar nominations in total, so it, it's not like it didn't show up at all, but there were some snubs along the way. There were... Uh, some actors like Michael Stolberg, who a lot of people thought might have nabbed us a supporting actor, along with Army Hammer. Both of them were snubbed uh, in that category. Uh, as was the director, uh, Luca Guadagnino. He uh, is a great director, and it was a beautiful film, but he was uh, left out of the best directing category. But Call Me By Your Name did end up again go- being up there for best picture. Uh, Timothy Chalamet got a much deserved nod for best actor. And, uh, yeah, so there you go with that. Uh, the other one, of course, The Post, 
kind of a big shock. That movie came out and everybody thought it was going to be like, it was made for the Oscars. You know, it had Streep and Hanks and Spielberg attached. It has just an amazing ensemble. It's about something very timely. And uh, The Post did uh, earn a Best Picture nod, surprisingly. And no surprise, Meryl Streep was nominated. (laughs) But as she always is, and I'll get into more about her in a little bit too. But those are the only two nominations for The Post. Uh, Tom Hanks was left off. Spielberg was left off. The Post got no uh, technical awards, nothing on the writing end of things, which some people thought uh, could have happened. Uh, So that was kind of a shock as well. So, uh, you know, all of that being said, let's just kind of get into it. Uh, And I'm going to start off here. Oh, yeah, before, let's, let's say one more thing just for my fans out there. How about Logan? Uh, let me rephrase this. The Oscar-nominated film, Logan. Just sounds amazing to say. <laughs> I've been the number one fan of this film all year. came out early in 2017. I, I had it listed as my number one film of the year. I just thought it was a, a great film all the way around. I thought it was uh, superbly acted. I thought it looked amazing. I thought it was an, a, an amazing story. Uh, everything about the film. I thought it had a great breakout performance from Daphne Keene. I thought Hugh Jackman was probably award-worthy for me. Anyway, Patrick Stewart got some love throughout the award season. He was nominated by the Critics' Choice. Also, my Detroit group nominated Patrick Stewart. Great guy, by the way. I got to meet him at the Critics' Choice Awards. That was an amazing, amazing experience. And, uh, but Logan took away a nomination, one Oscar nomination. That's all it takes to become an Oscar-nominated film. And Logan is now an Oscar-nominated film uh, when it nabbed the Best Adapted Screenplay uh, nominee. That is just an absolute achievement for a comic book movie, guys. The, the, the first comic book movie ever to get a nomination for writing. Uh, of course, adapted from you know the comic book story. And uh, that's huge. It's just a big achievement. And I'm really, really happy that Logan ended up kind of making a splash, uh, even in a, little, in a little way. So... That being said, uh, one more film just real quick to mention that kind of was a cold fish was uh, The Florida Project. The Florida Project was named Best Film by my group, again, the Detroit Film Critics Society, and uh, didn't land a nomination for Best Picture, uh, which was a huge surprise. Sean Baker, the director, was in the talk for Best Director. He didn't get anything. Uh, William Defoe did get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but... Uh, you know, a lot of steam has kind of gone off of him, too. He, at the beginning of award season, he was the front runner, but Sam Rockwell has definitely surpassed him at this point. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was their only nomination, was Willem Dafoe. But let's just go right through here. I'm going to get into it one at a time here as I pull up some of the uh, nominations. Let's start off. We're going to talk uh, Best Actor. So Best Actor in a leading role, you had... Uh, this year's nominees were Timothy Chalamet by uh, Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, which was uh, somewhat of a surprise, a, a, a nice surprise, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Now, the big story here, is, the, the huge snub of all of these nominees was the fact that James Franco uh, did not get the nomination here. Many people were wondering about this because uh, James Franco, of course, for Disaster Artist, was phenomenal. Um, if, if anybody's seen The Room, uh, and if you haven't seen The Room, go see it. 
Just find it. Watch it with friends. It's the best bad movie that you'll ever see. Uh, but he plays the the famously terrible director Tommy Wiseau, and James Franco, you know, is amazing in the movie. Now, on the heels of his Golden Globe win for the film, uh, all of the allegations came out against him that on Twitter. Uh, Ali Sheedy uh, was one of them, but there was you know tons of stuff that came out on James Franco, uh, and those allegations dropped just two days into the Academy voting. So the ballots were still open for a few days after the the Franco stuff came out, uh, and so people were wondering like you know if a lot of people voted in in those first two days like they might have voted before you know hearing about the Franco thing and did these sexual uh, harassment allegations uh, that he's denied, by the way, uh, would these allegations kind of lead in or you know lead into him not being nominated? Well, we now have our answer, and the answer is yes. It, it definitely played in. Uh, James Franco, a month ago, was considered an absolute lock for this category. In fact, Gary Oldman is going to win this category. This is a done deal. He's an absolute frontrunner. But the one person that could have possibly given him a, a run for his money was James Franco. Uh, but James Franco not even nominated here at all. And the film itself, the disaster artist, kind of fell off the map as well completely. Uh you know, Franco had even been talked about as best director at one point, uh, and that didn't happen. The Disaster Artist did nab one Oscar nomination for screenplay, but uh, that's just a quick you know thought there. But James Franco not in this category. Uh, the the other big news though, it really who took his place? If you kind of if you look at it like that, you know, because Oldman was a lock, uh, Timothy Chalamet was a lock. A lot of people thought Daniel Day Lewis was going to make it. He did. I would say that uh, Daniel Kaluuya probably beat out a lot of people thought Tom Hanks uh, for The Post would squeak in. So that's a really cool nomination. Daniel Kaluuya definitely deserves it for Get Out. That was a great movie, great performance. But uh, Denzel Washington was probably the one that snuck in with Franco's absence. Uh, Denzel was in that Roman J. Israel Esquire. It was a movie that wasn't really well received. It was kind of one of those good performances trapped in a bad movie kind of a things. But Denzel now becomes the, uh, this is his eighth total acting nomination, his sixth for a lead actor. Uh, it's the most ever by a black actor. Uh, now he has eight nominations total. It, th- this is also an interesting point, by the way, is uh, this is now the third, only the third time in Oscar history where there have been two uh, black actors uh, nominated at the same time in in the leading category in the leading actor category, only the third time that two black actors have been part of the grouping. Uh, it happened first in 2001 uh, with Denzel uh, from for Training Day, which he won. Uh, he was nominated alongside Will Smith for Ali, and then it happened again in 2006 uh, with Will Smith. This time with Forrest Whitaker. Will Smith uh, that time around was uh, for The Pursuit of Happiness, and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, who ended up winning as well, uh, was the last King of Scotland. So I guess it's the first time that there have been two black actors in a category where one of them was not Will Smith, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, but it just shows you the lack of diversity over the years uh, in, in the Academy Awards. But kudos to both Denzel Washington and Daniel Kaluuya, well-received. Uh, it's been now exactly, it's been 60, 60 years, ladies and gentlemen, 60 years uh, since Sidney Poitier uh, shattered the glass ceiling 
becoming the first ever uh, Best Actor nominee for uh, his role in the, the Defiant Ones, which I just screened recently, actually, at, at the Maple Theater uh, for a group of people at Secret Cinema at the Maple Theater. That's pretty cool. If you live in the Detroit area, you should check out Secret Cinema. But anyway, uh, it's been 60 years since his, his landmark uh, nomination as uh, the first ever uh, you know, uh, black man to be nominated in the lead actor category. And now 60 years later, you know, we have Denzel with his eighth nomination. It, it just, it's just really astounding if you think about it. All of that being said, Gary Oldman is going to win. <laughs> Best actor is Gary Oldman. You can mark that down right now. Uh, let's roll along. The actor, uh, supporting actor, your nominees were Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That was kind of a shock. Uh, Woody uh, Harrelson... Not expected to make that category, but he he was a surprise. Richard Jenkins, uh, The Shape of Water. Uh, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. That's pretty astounding if you consider that he replaced Kevin Spacey uh, in Ridley Scott's reshoot of the role. And, uh, you know, with only a few weeks before the film was released, uh, he jumped into that role, and now he was he's nominated for an Oscar because of it. They're all going against the fifth nominee in the category, who is Sam Rockwell, uh, also from Three Billboards. Sam Rockwell has dominated this category through award season, so I'm expecting him to win here. Uh, you know, but Woody Harrelson, that's pretty pretty good. He was cool in the movie, and even if, if you've seen the movie, you, you know that he does more than even acting. Like, there's voice acting and some other things that he does in the movie, and it just he does a really good job. So I'm, I was pleasantly surprised to see him included here. But again, you know, Army Hammer... Uh, Call Me By Your Name, and Michael Stuhlbarg, both snubbed here. Uh, Woody Harrelson probably takes their spot. And then, of course, my personal favorite, Patrick Stewart, the the long shot in the category. Sir Patrick was not included in this, this category either. So there you have it. Uh, but you can mark that down too. Sam Rockwell is most likely going to win that. I'd say it's probably about a 95% lock. Moving along, uh, Best Lead Actress. Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep. But let me tell you the noms first. Uh, we got Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water. You got Frances McDormand, uh, Three Billboards. Uh, you got Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, which was awesome to see. Please go see I, Tanya, people. This this is a cool movie that I think people need to see and might be, you know, a movie about figure skating. Yeah, Tiny Harding, eh, go see it, dude. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's one of the better movies of the year, actually. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is nominated for Lady Bird. And then, of course, we have Meryl Streep uh, with The Post rounding out the category. Uh, Meryl Streep <laughs> extends her her record-shattering, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. She now has 21 acting nominations in her lifetime. That is the most of any single actor or actress uh, in the history, you know, living or dead, and uh, it, it, she's just expanding her lead upon the second place. <laughs> uh, can anybody guess who's in second in that category? Most nominations ever, Oscar nominations. Uh, in the two spot is a tie. It's Jack Nicholson and Katherine Hepburn. They each have 12. So Meryl Streep now has nine more nominations than the next person. And uh, it's been unbelievable. She, I mean, she now has seven nominations uh, for Best Actress in the past 10 years. <laughs> That's seven out of the past 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. Meryl Streep 
And uh, this is her second straight uh, following last year's nomination for Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, so Meryl Streep, uh, amazing. Uh, you know what, though? I don't know if I think that she's going to win in this category. Frances McDormand has really been the front runner here. Uh, but, you know, there's been some late momentum for Margot Robbie, a little bit of chatter for Sally Hawkins. It's probably going to be Frances McDormand, though. Uh, who was left out of this category? This was a pretty solid five. I mean, this is pretty much who we were, who we were going to see. Uh, but if anybody was left off, it was Jessica Chastain, who was just uh, fantastic in Molly's Game, uh, which is the Aaron Sorkin film. But uh, we'll move along here. Let's go to uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. How about that? That's awesome. If you've seen the movie especially, uh, Mary J. Blige was considered kind of a fringe candidate for a nomination, but she got it. That's great. Uh, Allison Janney for Itania, who is the absolute lock. She's gonna, she's winning the category. The other people are just kind of hanging out with Allison Janney this year. Uh, but Allison Janney, of course, landed her, her locked nomination. The big surprise in this category, kind of twofold. The first one was Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. She was fantastic in the movie, but hadn't really been getting all of that much buzz. Uh, but Leslie Manville and uh, Phantom Thread is in. Laurie Metcalf, uh, Lady Bird, she won a lot of the early awards. Kind of her momentum has died off lately. And then the other big surprise was Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Uh, in my opinion, wasn't really that standout of a performance, but Octavia Spencer has now uh, landed her second straight supporting actress nom, her third overall. Uh, she, of course, was nominated last year for Hidden Figures, and then she won the Best actress, uh, best Supporting Actress nomination. She won that category a few years back uh, with The Help. Uh, so there you go there. Animated films. Let's talk about those for a minute. What the hell is the Academy thinking here? Boss Baby? Are you serious? The Oscar nominated The Boss Baby. Just terrible. The Breadwinner is the other nomination. Coco. Ferdinand. Really? And Loving Vincent. Uh, it's kind of like they didn't even care about this category. I don't know. <laughs> this to me makes zero sense. Uh, Ferdinand was not a great movie. The Boss Baby was not a good movie at all. Uh, I mean, it was a poor year for animated films. Let's put it like that Coco is the lock though here loving Vincent just looks amazing that's the film that was painted by over like 700 artists it's all like Vincent Van Gogh every frame of the film was painted in the style of Vincent Van Gogh it's an unbelievable film to look at and experience just wasn't that good of a movie uh, so I think that's holding it back from actually winning the awards Coco's really been sweeping but it should be ashamed that it's even has to share space with boss baby but I'm going to move right along past that. You know, um, I won't go through all of the, the technical categories. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on all of those, like I had mentioned earlier, but you, you basically had four films that stood out. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Shape of Water, Dunkirk, and The Darkest Hour. All four of those films took a lot of the, the, the nominations in the, in the categories. But one thing I do want to point out, by the way, again, you can read the full list of nominations on uh, on my Twitter, at Tom Santilli. They're posted there. They're also on access.com. But uh, the one thing that I, I would like to point out is uh, in the cinematography category, uh, kudos to Roger, uh, Roger Deakins. My boy Roger Deakins is now 14th Academy Award nomination for, for cinematography, and the dude has yet to win. Uh 
it's just a, a travesty. This is like one of those. He's like he's like the Susan Lucci of of uh, you know Oscar cinematographers. Uh, listen to some of these movies and just think about them. There's some films that you can just remember the look of them all. Uh, Sicario, unbelievable. Unbroken, Prisoners, uh, Skyfall, True Grit, The Reader, uh, Assassination of Jesse James and the Coward Robert Ford, uh, No Country for Old Men, uh, The Man Who Wasn't There, Oh Brother Where Out Thou, uh, Kundun, Fargo, Shawshank Redemption. All of those films uh, had Deacons as cinematographer. All of those films that I mentioned he was nominated for did not win. And, uh, boy, I sure hope they give it to him for Blade Runner because that was one beautiful movie, and he definitely deserves it. That, that, that's what I say. Uh, yeah, and that's really it. Again, for all the other, I'm not going to go through costume design and makeup and all that shit. You can look that up yourself and uh, get into that. But let's talk about directing. Some really interesting uh, things went on in the Best Directing category this year. Uh, but here were the nominees. You had uh, nominee uh, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for The Phantom Thread, and Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. There were some uh, just amazing in- inclusions here, I should say. Uh, you know, people that were left out of the mix here. You had Sean Baker with The Florida Project, which again, that movie really was given no love. The big surprise as far as a snub in this category, though, if you had to give anybody a snub, is Martin McDonough. Uh, his film, Three Billboards, has been sweeping lately. It did really well at the Oscars, even. It got a ton of nominations. The film is nominated for, you know, uh, Best Picture, Best Screenplay. Uh, it, it, you know, it got some acting nominations. But Martin McDonough, the film's director, uh, was left off of the list. But that's okay when you consider the fact that uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele in a second. But you know his spot really McDonough's spot really was taken up by Paul Thomas Anderson, who I really love this nomination. I really really do. P.T. Anderson's the kind of guy. He has such a, f- a rabid fan base of people that follow him in, in terms of they love his stuff and he can't do any wrong. And I kind of hate that kind of hero worship when it comes to directors. I always hated that with the Coen brothers. You know, just because they touch something, if you don't like it, it's kind of like, oh, you don't, you don't get them. You know, you don't get P.T. Anderson. It's like he all, no matter what he does, it's a, it's a masterpiece and a miracle. I just don't buy that. However, Phantom Thread, if you know, say what you will about the movie itself, it was beautifully directed, and uh, the score, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, was amazing. Uh, P.T. Anderson, this was one of the best directing jobs of the year. I'm so happy that they uh, nominated him, taking nothing away from Martin McDonough and Three Billboards, but Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Phantom Thread, fantastic. It's his second nomination, uh, by the way, in that category. Uh, He was nominated for There Will Be Blood, and he has not yet won an Oscar. Uh, But there you go. Christopher Nolan was kind of a lock. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was a lock. But let's talk about Greta Gerwig, Jordan Peele. Uh, both of these, again, they, they represent diversity. They represent, uh, you know, uh, Greta Gerwig is, is a, the, only the fifth uh, female director ever now to be nominated for an, uh, Best Director. Uh, she now, let's see here. Uh, yeah, she's the fifth ever. So we got 1977 
Lena Wertmuller was nominated. Then you had Jane Campion nominated in 1994 for the piano. Sofia Coppola, 2004, lost in translation. And then Catherine Bigelow, The Hurt Locker, in 2010. Catherine Bigelow, the only woman director to win in this category. But Greta Gerwig with Lady Bird becomes only the fifth female ever. Think about that. In the 90-year history of the Oscars, she's the fifth nominee ever uh, female. Jordan Peele, same kind of thing going on. Fifth fifth ever uh, black director ever to be nominated. There has yet to be a uh, black or African-American director uh, to win the award. Uh, but the other that, that preceded him, you had John Singleton in 1991 with uh, Boys in the Hood. You had uh, Lee Daniels in, in 2009 with Precious. You had Steve McQueen, uh, 12 Years a Slave, in 2013. And you had, uh, just last year, Barry Jenkins, uh, Moonlight, uh, what's even more surprising again with this with Jordan Peele? So this is again the fifth, only the fifth black director ever to be nominated. And uh, if you look at this though, four four of the five that have ever been nominated have happened in the last nine years. So that's astounding, but it's it's you know obviously it's in the right direction, but it's uh, nowhere near where it should be or needs to be. But congratulations to Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele also, believe it or not, becomes only the third person ever, ever, to be uh, to do this. I guess so. He was in, with with his this being his very first film. He is only the third person ever to be uh, to get a nomination for Best Picture, Best Director. And to get a writing nomination for his movie. Uh, can you guess the other two? They were uh, Warren Beatty for Heaven Can Wait back in the 70s. Uh, followed by John L. Brooks who did it for Terms of Endearment in like 1982 or I think it was or something like that. So Jordan Peele's only the third person ever to do that. So that is just a heck of a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, what, a, what a great film and what a great career i mean everybody's looking at what jordan peele's doing next so super super cool stuff going on there um of all the other awards let's talk about you know we got you got best documentary you got best foreign film documentary short uh the, the short animated films the short live action films uh music costume design film editing makeup and hairstyle production design sound editing sound mixing yada 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 not gonna go through them all check them out online uh, what I will say, though, I do want to just make a couple few points out of these uh, technical categories. One is the Oscar shorts. If this is a part of the ceremony that you usually watch and think to yourself, like, oh, now's a good time to go get a snack or go to the bathroom or something like that, I urge you to seek these out because in recent years, uh, they all over the country, I know they do it in the Detroit area, but all over the country, they have started screening the uh, Oscar animated short films. Uh, they do it here in Detroit at uh, the Detroit Film Theater almost every single weekend leading up to the Oscars uh, starting now. And you can go and you can watch all these short films. Some of them you can find online, but they are they are amazing. Uh, some of these films are just absolutely amazing. When we when I took my wife to see them for the first time, again this is a category that usually you walk away from the screen or flip the channel or something. Uh, 
<laughs> my wife, that was the category she was most adamant for. She was like watching the Oscars and she's like, you know, if this movie, I forget what it was called, but it had like uh, the dude from Law and Order in it. And you know, Vincent D'Onofrio was in a short film. And she's like, if this doesn't win, I'm never watching the Oscars ever again. You know, she was very passionate about <laughs> about this short film. And it won, luckily for me. So there was a, there's there's just some great stuff going on in the short film categories. They're really cool and really interesting. So please seek them out. As we get closer, I haven't seen a lot of them myself, by the way. The short films are hard for people to see once they're nominated. But now that they are nominated and we know which ones are, are going to be up for the award... They should be in a theater near you. Once I check them out and we get closer to the award show and we start doing predictions and stuff like that, I will definitely let you guys know what I thought of some of the shorts. Uh, but that's just one quick point. The next quick thing I'd like to talk about is the category of best score. Uh, just some amazing, amazing uh, people included in this category. You got three maybe pillars, you know, titans in the field, you know, as far as. Uh, composers for best original score john williams was nominated for star wars the last jedi uh which actually got four total oscar nominations believe it or not uh you got hans zimmer who whose score for dunkirk was among the year's best obviously but he was amazing and then you got alexander Desplat, who's been uh fantastic in recent years these three guys just the three of them i haven't even gotten to the other two nominees those three guys have, between them, 71 Oscar nominations. 71 Oscar nominations and seven wins. And, you know, okay, so so John Williams, of course, contributes heavily to this number. <laughs> uh, he now has 51 Oscars, guys. 51 Oscars. Uh, I, I'm sure, I, Let me rephrase that. 51 Oscar nominations for John Williams. That is second most ever uh living or dead again he is the second most nominated person ever to exist guess can you guess who number one is uh mr walt disney himself was nominated 59 times so john williams now has just eight nominations short of walt disney john williams of course only works in one category where walt disney worked across several categories it's just an unbelievable achievement. Walt Disney, of course, had 22 Oscar wins in his lifetime. But uh, John Williams, 51 nominations. He's won five times. In this category, you're going to find that it is there are two kind of newcomers to it. Uh, I'm going to pull that up right here for you real quick. You got uh, joining you know, John Williams, Hans Zimmer, Alexander Desplat. You got uh, Johnny Greenwood from Phantom Thread. Uh, and Carter Burwell uh, from Three Billboards. Carter Burwell, interesting thing about him, he was nominated before for the movie Carol, so this is his second nomination, but uh, Phantom Thread, Johnny Greenwood, first nomination, he joins all these legends in this category, but the interesting thing is, in my opinion, his score was the, is the one to beat this year. You don't Rarely do you go into a movie and leave like, wow, who, who did that score? And that's how I felt about Phantom Thread. It was just it was it was mesmerizing. It was part of the film, um, and, it, and it just needed to be heard to uh, to be experienced. So, uh, good luck to those nominees. I wanted to mention that. Last quick thing again, I want to say visual effects. Like I said, Star Wars: The Last Jedi got four Oscar noms. It got the it got a nod in the score category. Uh, got a nod in visual effects. It also got sound editing and mixing. But uh, Blade Runner 2049 needs to win uh, Best Visual Effects. Uh, 
I know that it got nominated in a lot of the uh, technical awards, but Blade Runner is just, if you see it, there are things in Blade Runner that just haven't been done in film yet. It's one of those films that kind of pushes special effects forward uh, instead of kind of just being another movie that has a bunch of explosions and stuff in it. So I'm really pulling for Blade Runner 2049 to walk away with uh, the visual effects win. Just a couple categories left to talk about here. Uh, let's get talk about the screenplay categories. You got, uh, you know, of course, the Oscars divides them into original screenplay and adapted screenplay. So let's see what we got here. Writing the adapted screenplay nominees were Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, its lone Oscar nomination. Logan, its lone, lone Oscar nomination. Molly's Game by Aaron Sorkin. And Mudbound. Uh, which was awesome. Again, Mudbound got a lot of love here that wasn't expected. Uh, Logan, of course, was the first comic book movie ever to be nominated in a writing category, and uh, just awesome. And what else do we got here? I mentioned, uh, oh yeah, the original screenplay, we got The Big Sick. I was so happy to see The Big Sick get a nomination. It's so well-deserved. It didn't break through in any of the other categories, but that's kind of how the Oscars work. You know, Sometimes those movies that are kind of on the fringes, uh, that people love, you know, they kind of, the screenplay categories are the ones where they get awarded and, and not the bigger categories. Get Out again, uh, Jordan Peele, Get Out, uh, I mentioned, you know, he's only the third person ever to nab Best Picture Director and Writing. Uh, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, and uh, so I guess she did the same thing, didn't she? Greta Gerwig also got a nomination here for Writing, she got nominated for Director, and she got nominated for uh, the film, so I don't know why they're not putting Greta Gerwig in that category either. She's got to be, the, she's the first woman to get all three. Is that her first film? Let's check that out. Anyway, uh, then you got The Shape of Water, original screenplay, and also three billboards. Uh, that'll be an interesting category to see how it shakes out, but I'm just happy to, again, see the names Big Sick there. That, that's just super cool. So, that leads us, only one category left, Best Picture. What was the Best Picture nominations? We had nine of them. The Academy can give up to ten uh, the way that it works, they can uh, award up to 10 nominations. They haven't done that in several years, and they did not do it again this year. There are nine total nominations given out, uh, and here they are. Your Best Picture nominees. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. The you know again here the the big snub really of many people again Phantom Thread was not expected to really be in this conversation especially uh, director and best picture nobody thought that uh, and the the Florida Project really underperformed and just didn't really didn't land uh, which is a huge surprise of that though you know if you're looking to kind of fill out your Oscar ballot and you're kind of thinking okay you know enough with the nominees who's gonna win. You want to know what the best picture of the year was? Well, this is what I'll tell you. It's basically a, a two-horse race. Uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is the front runner this year. That's the movie that's won the, the most recent awards. It's got kind of the momentum going into the Oscars. Uh, it's between that movie and The Shape of Water. That being said, if there is one film that I think could be that surprise movie, the, the Moonlight movie, if you, if you will that could come from behind and kind of sweep in and take the, an un, unsuspecting Best Picture Oscar and just by getting some kind of word of mouth behind it, uh, that movie is Get Out. 
it's got a lot of people who love it. It's it's one of the more commercial movies uh, that of all the nominees here. Uh, I think that people love Jordan Peele. They love what this movie was about. They love everything about this movie. So I don't don't count out Get Out. <laughs> but the other ones, I don't think there's any chance in hell. Call Me by Your Name, not gonna win. The, the the post is just I don't even know how it got a nomination here to be honest, based on how it didn't get any love in any other categories basically. Uh, Lady Bird hasn't had the momentum. I don't think I, I see that happening. Dunkirk, same thing. Darkest Hour, like I mentioned, you know, just a lot of these movies are going to just be happy to be nominated. So really, you got three billboards, you got Shape of Water, and you got maybe Get Out. That, whew, ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot. But if you made it this far, uh, thank you. That is really the Oscars. That's kind of the, uh, a lot of the main stuff that I pulled out of it. And uh, what do you think? I'd like to hear from you guys. If you guys want to comment, uh, please do on my on the post here, on the podcast, on my Twitter. Uh, again, you can find me at Tom Santilli. What's next? Well, again, the Academy Awards are March fourth, uh, so we got some time to talk and debate all these nominations and uh, see you know what you guys think leading up to the awards ceremony. Jimmy Kimmel is once again again the host. He has a really funny promo out. Uh, you can see, again, uh, if you go to my page, uh, <laughs> there's a really funny promo out where he's kind of uh, still caught up over last year's uh, <laughs> Best Picture uh, debacle thing that happened where La La Land was announced winner and then Moonlight actually won. Uh, but you got, uh, that's March 4th. Even before that, though, for my Survivor peeps who might be listening, uh, Survivor Season 36 is starting up soon. Uh, that premiere is coming at you Wednesday, February 28th. So that's going to be a busy week. The, the, uh, Survivor begins and the Oscars will happen that next Sunday. So there'll be a lot going on towards the end of February. The cast, I'm sure, will be announced for Ghost Island. So there's a lot of uh, Survivor stuff coming down the pike as well. I always tell people, if you love Survivor, uh, you should love this podcast. I'm going to have, you know, I have exit interviews every week with the people voted off. We're talking Survivor. I have interviews. Uh, we do recaps. All that kind of fun stuff. And, uh, you know, if you love movies, you should love the podcast as well. Uh, I get some interviews there. We talk movies. This year has been great with uh, awards and everything else. Uh, So there's all kinds of things to listen to. But if you love both Survivor and movies, I think that this is pretty much your only podcast that covers both things. So please spread the word. I appreciate you listening to it. And uh, that's going to do it for this Oscar nomination special edition of the Film Survivor Podcast. Uh, again, go to my website for the full list of nods. Tune in March 4th for the Oscars. And stay with me here. Uh, subscribe to the Film Survivor Podcast. Listen to me on iTunes, on Podbean, uh, or wherever you can find it. And uh, we'll be back uh, in February. Uh, with some more episodes as we get closer to the premiere of Survivor Ghost Island and closer to this year's Oscars. Again, that's going to do it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon.